Thank you for tuning your hearts in for another episode of the Hearts Rise Up podcast. I'm Carol Chapman, your host, along with my co-hosts, Ann Sari and Conchetta Antonelli. We share our own personal experiences, tips, and strategies, along with powerful stories and compelling insights from guest interviews. We're here to inspire and empower your conscious evolution, help you tap into your inner wisdom and rise to your heart-centered higher self. Together, we can rise to a higher level of consciousness, an elevated state of being, and experience more love, joy, and freedom. Well, hello again, heart-centered listeners. We're back for another episode of our podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our featured guest today is Don James. Don has a heartbreaking and heartwarming personal story and much wisdom to share. I can sum it up in three, hmm, or let's just say this one statement. She lived, she died, she awakened. And we'll hear more about that. But first, let me tell you a little more about Don. Don became a conscious living teacher in 2003 when she realized that we are more than physical beings. We are spiritual beings designed to be happy and healthy, coexisting in harmony with all living things. After a spiritual awakening known as Samadhi and a series of spiritual events in 2003, Don became a sound healer, inspired to start writing from a message she received from the late Sylvia Brown. Don has written eight books to date. Since her wake-up call, she has dedicated her life to teaching others how to raise their consciousness and understand and enhance personal vibrational frequency for overall health and well-being. Today, she shares her knowledge and passion for uplifting others through her virtual soundscape meditation events, online spiritual mentoring, and soulful healing retreats in Costa Rica. Her newest book, Unveiled, is the long-awaited autobiography of her experience with physical adversities and spiritual phenomenon, and how she found a way of using them to unveil her connection to spirit and a higher and deeper understanding of her life journey. Don, welcome to the show. Hi, Carol. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. And thank you for being here. Pleasure. Yes, I definitely want you to share your personal story. Seeing you and just having the opportunity to even have a conversation, I can just feel the love and the heart. I would love for you to just share your story. Let's just dig in and talk about where things started for you? Well, my first comment is I have lived two lives. I truly have lived two lives. And my second life started literally when my heart stopped beating in the spring of 03. Prior to my second life, I didn't even pay attention to how much trauma I had experienced because I think 
especially as children, things happen and you kind of just push it way in the back, <laughs> bury it behind the subconscious and you just keep moving forward. And by the time you become an adult, you're just focusing on what's in front of you. Last year was a, a wake up call for a lot of people on this planet. And during this divine pause, I call it for last year, I found myself writing again and spirit kept waking me up at 3 a.m., 3 a.m. And when I get up at 3 a.m., that's my time to write. And I started piecing together my early life and looking at these patterns that I may not have been paying as much attention to until I had all this time on my hands last year. When I started to look at my lifeline, the loss, I call them deaths, the losses that I've experienced were profound. Prior to age 20, I have experienced what it is to live without vision. I have experienced what it is to live without being able to hear. I have experienced what it feels like not to be able to speak. And I had a very profound event at age 19 that I, I almost died. And uh, that event left me paralyzed, temporarily paralyzed from the waist down. So all of these significant traumatic physical events occurred before I was even 20. When I look back, I'm like, how did I even get through? The one piece of my parents' DNA I'm very thankful for is resilience. My parents are very resilient people. I don't think I would be here talking to you if I didn't have that resilience. And when I say that, you know, a seven-year-old doesn't know what resilience is when you wake up and you can't hear anything. But something deep in my being has always been there to give me a sense that you'll get through it. You don't know how you're going to get through it. And there's always been this little element of faith deep in my, deep, deep in my spirit. I'll get through it. Thanks to resilience, I got through a lot of things. Mm. I think the other thing that was also there for me was I had support in my life. And the people who were around me when I was going through these adversities, they themselves had a calmness to them that I didn't freak out. I think when you allow fear into your being, you actually magnify things. And I've never been a person that allows fear into my being, even as a little child. For example, I remember when I was about seven or eight, I got separated from my mom on the subway. Now you can imagine traveling the subway, thousands of people. And, you know, I'm looking out, I'm in the train, she's outside on the platform. There's you know, 10,000 people. And I'm like, how am I going to re reconnect with my mom? But there's always this element saying, it's okay, just breathe. And I've always had this little voice in my head going, just breathe, Dawn. Just, just take a breath. <laughs> You'll be okay. And so this is what got me through a lot of that. The things that I've encountered prior to age 20, some lasted a few days, some lasted years. My vision loss was brought about by a specific event. Mm -hmm. And I was a very shy little kid. I started piano lessons at age nine. And that same year, my teacher said, you're ready. You're going to do a recital. I go, what's a recital? I don't know what that, that is. 
And she said, you're just going to play what you've been practicing. You'll play in front of some people and the judges will, you know. I said, okay. But the day I got to that university lecture hall, Carol, oh, I just wanted the earth to open up and swallow me. I was so nervous and so anxious. And when they called my name and everybody turned to look at me, this scrawny little skinny nine-year-old. Oh my goodness. I, I just, I didn't think I could even make it to the piano. And by the time I got to the piano, I had worked up so much anxiety, I couldn't see. I literally sat there in a, in a pitch black room. Oh my goodness. And that was my first, that was my first experience of losing my vision, having to perform in front of a couple hundred people with three judges as a nine-year-old kid. And you know what? A little voice inside of me said, Dawn, breathe. And the second message I got at age nine was, you don't need them. You don't need your eyes. Just do what you came here to do. And at nine years old, I played my first recital without any vision. Wow. That is absolutely incredible. But I'm not surprised. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. And you got through it. I got through it, but I couldn't leave the stage. I was waving my hands, hoping my mother or father would run down and save me. My mother saved me. I couldn't see. She helped me. She helped me walk off the stage. I could, still couldn't see when I finished playing. And, you know, this is how my life would continue. As things progressed, what came out of these adversities was a sense of inner confidence. I somehow developed more confidence to get through things as I grew older. Then I turned 20, finished school, met a guy, got married, fell in love, had a couple of kids. And for 20 years, my life was calm until 2002. I lost my appetite Christmas Day 2002, and that continued for three months. I didn't want food. I wasn't hungry. I couldn't stand the sight of food, and I got so withdrawn from life. I do want to share a small excerpt, if I can, with you to give you a sense of, for those of you who are realizing your world has changed or your world is changing and you're not quite comfortable with what you're seeing, these feelings are stirring an awakening in you. I'll just read a quick excerpt from Unveiled. Please do. As I look back, this is what I have come to learn. We live our lives in a certain way. We fall into a routine, a pattern of behavior. And before you know it, life becomes predictable. We no longer think about our actions or our reactions. We've said and thought and done the same thing so many times. We become unconscious little humans existing on autopilot. Some of us find ourselves at a point in life, standing at the fork of the road. These patterns we have created suddenly become unusual. They look and feel uncomfortable, even foreign to us. Some of us begin to feel a stirring, a restlessness. The question begins to echo again and again in our heads. Is this all there is? We feel hungry, but not for food. We feel that something is missing, but we can't articulate what it is. Then the ultimate question erupts. Why am I here? Why am I here? 
I heard this question echo for months and months in my mind leading up to my awakening, my liberation, my ultimate freedom. Since then I've come to learn to, I've come to learn that to only live as physical beings is living at 10% of your capacity. We are living limited lives. We are fragmented and incomplete. It matters not whether these limitations were self-imposed or imposed by societal dogma, man-made principles, it doesn't matter. What matters is we need to learn and know all aspects of ourselves, physical and spiritual. That's just an <laughs> so what was the trigger for you that switched things in into the healing process? Because obviously the healing started to unfold. Yes. Was it the, the near-death experience? And then what happened? Those three months where I wasn't eating, I withdrew from life. And I started questioning a lot of things. I started questioning the career I was in. I started questioning my life. I started looking at my values differently and I didn't feel fulfilled. As a matter of fact, I say I spent almost 40 years living in my head and it took dying for me to wake up my heart. So when my physical heart stopped beating, March of 2003, and I surrendered to spirit and I left my body, and I was consciously aware of everything that occurred. There was a moment in time, Carol, when I realized my consciousness could exist outside of this physical shell. It blew my mind to know that we have the spiritual essence. I had never experienced it before. And here I was, God knows how far away from my physical body, but I was bodiless. I was pure energy. I felt so free and I have never felt as much love in my being as when I woke up spiritually. And the climax of this event was not just becoming this energy body, it was when I merged with universal consciousness. I became part of everything. And so here I am connected to every living thing and person for a brief moment of time it is the most beautiful, loving experience. You just feel complete and connected. And when I came back, that's when my heart started to open up. The healing happened to me. And I came back. The first words I heard before I even was aware I was back, I thought it was a one-way trip. There were six words whispered in my ear that brought me back. And it was a male voice. And he said, all you need is within you. That sentence became my prayer and my mantra. And it has so many meanings on so many levels. Prior to waking up, I was a workaholic for 16 years, I kept chasing that carrot. I got from 40 to 50 to 60 to 72 hours a week working. Imagine a mother married with three children. I was crazy. One of the meanings I got from all you need is within you is stop chasing that carrot. Absolutely. Right? 
the titles, the this, the that, it it does not define you, right? Find satisfaction in knowing who and what you are first. So I stopped chasing that carrot and I left my, I like literally the next day when I came back, I said goodbye to that career. I never looked back. That's amazing. Never looked back. The healing started the first day I came back. And that message is what helped me realize we are perfect beings in an imperfect world. Mm-hmm. Truly. There's a message there. Let's just fast forward to today and obviously the last 18 months. What perspective do you have as to what is happening and how others can tap into that essence of who they are? Yes, great question. When I look at the last 18 months on the planet, I firmly believe that this is a huge opportunity for us to continue to evolve consciously. That's the first thing I'm going to say. It is an opportunity and not all opportunities are roses. It comes with a little pain. You know, there's a saying that if you keep watering a plant every day, the roots will never get strong. Right? We need we need to stretch to grow. We just need to stretch to grow. And so the last 18 months I feel has been a huge invitation for us to stop look around, evaluate what you're doing, how you're doing things. Are you living in alignment even with your values? Are you living in alignment with your passions? Are you living in alignment with your soul? Because I'll tell you, this is all inner work we've been invited to do. We've all been invited to stop, literally stop moving and be with yourself, be by yourself, and start to ask yourself and take stock of what and who you are. What are you creating on this planet? What are you contributing to every day? I love listening to elders. I used to love going to sunrise ceremonies and that in Canada and listening to the elders. And one of the messages I remember hearing is that breath, that breath that we take in, Umpteen thousand times a day. That breath is a gift. What are you doing with that gift? I think we've all been invited to ask ourselves these questions. On another level, I feel that planet, Mother Earth, Gaia, nature, the universe is saying, wow, this is a beautiful planet. It is so vibrant. However, we have some behaviors and we have some activities going on that is literally taking the life out of the planet. So I think this little stop was also to help not just reset, we have to repair. I turned off the switch and I'm turning it back on and I expect the lights to come on. No, no, no. I don't think reset is the right word. We need to repair the damage and we need to redirect ourselves. I don't want to reset the switch. We need to redirect our energies, our behaviors, our patterns of consumption. Um, So many people now are embracing minimalism. So many people now are home gardening. So many people now are paying attention to the soil. They're paying attention to the air they're breathing. They're paying attention to the products in their home. It is a huge invitation for us to be more conscious. 
And so the work I've been doing for almost 18 years, when I woke up, I became a conscious observer of my life. I often say there's three of me. There's me talking to you, and there's the me observing me talking to you. And then there's the me that understands this connection we're making as part of my soul journey. So there's always three of me aware and present in everything I do. And I believe more and more people are going to be more conscious and aware. I think people are going to hopefully find more enrichment and fulfillment in their lives and stop chasing the outer world. We got to make the inner world stronger so that we can adapt to what's coming. The inner world needs our attention. And that's how I feel 2020 has, is playing out. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And and that certainly is part of your journey because that's how things turned around for you is having that awakening and that understanding and then knowing that everything is all power is within you. It's all within you. And knowing that and not continually chasing the carrot or carrots, everything is carrot outside of us, but find the essence within us, find the carrot within. I mean, because the carrot is right there. It's always been with us. The more that we can understand that, the more we can see how we can shape and shift our lives in a more positive direction with less friction, with less being frantic and rushing around. You just reminded of something one of the biggest lessons I learned was you always have a choice and I think what you said made perfect sense in that we have to remind ourselves that we have a choice and the key is to make a conscious choice every moment we're making decisions every moment of the day we're making decisions do I move do I sit do I stand do I check that social media do I answer the phone we have choices every day, but how many people are conscious of the choices they are making? And are your choices aligned with your soul, your passion, your values? Because if we just keep living like a candle in the wind, guess what? We're creating chaos and stress. We are. That's right. I think you've just touched on it. It's really being conscious. And when you're conscious, then you're aware and you're being present. And when you're being present, you're feeling you're feeling things. You're not just thinking, but you're feeling and you're tapping into a broader, more collective consciousness within the planet and within yourself because you are connected to that. Also, you're tapping into a higher frequency within yourself, a vibrational frequency. It'd be interesting for you to talk a little bit about that because you do a lot of sound healing and also vibrational frequency is part of the work that you do. Can you share a little bit on that? Absolutely. And I do have to give kudos to the late Sylvia Brown because although I had my awakening in 03, I had over 24 intense spiritual experiences. And during that time, I didn't have a lot of language. It, it would take months for me to understand what Kundalini was and what is the Merkava and what is your third eye. And so all these things were coming about. The other things that changed for me was there were certain things in our home. I literally was repelled by it. So we threw out the microwave. 
the second day I woke up. I unplugged every cordless phone in the house. I threw them into a box. I stuck it in the garage. My kids were like, what's wrong with mom? What's going on? And the reason I tell people these things is on a non-physical level, my body was repelled by low frequencies. I could not stand certain devices in my home. And I stopped eating certain things. I stopped going certain places because the frequency was not coherent with me. And what happened is two years later, I had a very interesting dream. It was more of a vision because I literally was standing in front of, of Sylvia Brown in this vision. And she was talking and I was asking questions and she said one sentence to me. And when she said that, that's when the word vibrational frequency and everything started to make sense. When you awaken, first of all, we, we're on a dense plane. In order to move up, there's like seven planes of existence. In order to go higher and higher, you have to raise your frequency. And that means you can get there through different ways, be it chanting, toning, working with your meridians, breath work, meditation. There's a whole bunch of things you can do to elevate your frequency, which I, I talk about in my three books. But as you move up in frequency, you're able to perceive the more subtle realms of existence. And that means you can, if you believe in angels, you can feel, you can know, you can perceive these things. And when I got that word in 05, it's like the floodgates open and I started writing down all the ways you can raise your frequency physically, emotionally, mentally. I just started writing and writing and writing and writing. And my husband looked over and he said to me, ah, that's more than one book. And so for me, I started to piece it together and I wanted to write in a way that anyone could understand. Because one of the things I say in my new book, Unveiled, anyone can wake up at any age. How do we cope with the aftermath of waking up, which is why I share my journey. When your frequency is that high, you do become more empathic. You become sensitive. I became electro-hypersensitive. I became so empathic, I couldn't go out into crowds. I had to learn how to get grounded. I had to learn how to keep my field in. But once you understand that concept, you then have a choice. I choose to open up when I do my soundscape meditations. When I'm playing those crystal bowls, I'm open. Crystal bowls have a beautiful frequency that opens you up energetically and consciously because crystalline energy is all about harmony. And we're able to get to those higher realms with the quartz crystals. It's a communication device as well. But once you realize what that all means, you're then able to consciously choose where you want to be in your frequency. I think what one of the things happening on the planet right now is not everyone is prepared to be there, but we're getting there because the earth is saying we have to move there. So a lot of people are uncomfortable because they, they're attached to the old ways, the old lifestyle, the old this, the old that. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, when I left my body and then I left, I totally left. I had a point of time where I had to surrender. I surrendered to spirit. And I think some people, in order to get through what they're feeling, they're going to have to surrender to the possibility there might be a simpler way to live, a less stressful way to live, a more harmonious way to live, if we can let go of some of the old paradigms 
that were not aligned with our soul. I do believe we're being invited to entertain that. And there's so many ways you can get there. Raise Your Vibration, Transform Your Life was my first book, How to Raise Your Personal Frequency. Everything I learned to do when I came back to life, meditation, breath work, everything I was guided to do by spirit, I poured everything into that first book. Wow. Yes, ma'am. And then what do we do? We could be meditating, but you come home and you're not feeling calm and comfortable. How to raise the vibration around you is how to raise the frequency of your home. Mm -hmm. Where you live, where you work. What elements can we work with in nature? How can we raise the frequency of the air we breathe, the water we drink, what we look at in our home? How do we work with nature and the moon and the sun? All of that is in the second book. Work with nature, you'd be amazed how beautiful and calm and safe your home can be. And the last book is on relationships. Raise the vibration between us is, okay, I'm good. My house is good. How healthy are my relationships? Because no matter how, no matter what your situation is, you can be single. Everyone on this planet has a relationship, even if it's with yourself. How can I elevate the frequency so that they are harmonious, they are peaceful? And part of my lesson coming back, when I came back, I came back with new eyes. When I see someone, I'm not looking at you physically, Carol. I see your soul. And my heart is in everything I do. So when I meet someone, I'm listening to them through my heart. Mm. And I recognize everyone is on their own path. I'm not here to judge anybody or anything. I am observing life. I am spiritually grounded. And I meet you where you are because we are all on our own journey. And everybody I meet, I firmly believe there's something I could learn from them, or maybe they could learn from me, but nothing in this universe is random. So I enjoy the synchronicities. I enjoy the connections. And I think when we open up our eyes to the possibility that there's so much more for us to learn, if we can just get into that spiritual zone. We'll begin to appreciate all these connections and all these interactions that we have. Where would you suggest someone really start? And I know that you've got a lot in the trilogy of books, but just right here on this podcast, what would be one or two steps for people to take that would help them to open up spiritually? Yeah. I, I'm going to say one of the things that helped me sort of fully accept all aspects of me was I had to look back in my life and I actually looked at who caused me pain and I had a journey. It took a while, but I had to go through a process of looking at those interactions and finding a way to forgive. Forgiveness is one of the most important things you can do for your being to lighten yourself emotionally and mentally because when we don't forgive we are prolonging this feeling of brokenness in our soul indeed oh god yeah forgiveness was a huge huge key thing i did to allow me to fully embrace my spirituality because i lightened up i lightened up 
Um, the other thing I would strongly suggest people do, this is a recovered workaholic speaking, the power of silence is incredible. I invite everyone to find 15 to 20 minutes of day. No tech, no distractions, 20 minutes, don't move. Whatever that looks like for you, be still and be silent. Because the quieter we are physically, the more we hear ourselves spiritually. It is magical. It is, I can't tell you, aha, answers come. It's incredible. Find 20 minutes a day to be silent and still. It will be one of the best things you could do for your spirit. Mm -hmm. Well, those are two, in my opinion, very simple recommendations. Now, some people might have maybe a hard time with forgiveness, but there's plenty of resources out there to focus on identifying where pain points are for you in certain relationships or things that you have endured or gone through and, and taking the opportunity to, to forgive. Because when you're letting go and releasing, in a sense, you're forgiving yourself. You're helping yourself because you're not no longer hanging on to that extra baggage. And then, of course, there's no reason why you can't find 20 minutes. You did. You started it. I mean, you had kids, a family, and you found the time. So anyone can find the time. It's making the time to do that. And I attest to that. I mean, I, if I got on a timeline to meditate, I could sit there for a couple hours and just be quiet. And I've done it. <laughs> I've done it. I know, in fact, I have someone that I meditate regularly with, and he has to close it down because I'll just go forever and ever. <laughs> now, you just said something I, I had to say was quite interesting, because when you do wake up, you remember how beautiful it is on the other side. Coming back here was painful. It was painful, I'm not going to lie. It took me a couple of years to integrate the physical and the spiritual mm. because you know what it's like over there so coming back you're like eh, right so integration is a big part of accepting all aspects of yourselves i am so glad that you mentioned that what one or two things helped you to integrate other than and i'm sure that the forgiveness and the meditation helped you know getting quiet silence um helped Integration didn't come easy for me. I mean, chapter seven of my new book is called Freedom, but there was a lot of steps to feeling free because many times I felt so raw and so sensitive that I didn't want to be here because I felt the weight of the world and I felt the pain of the world. One of the things that helped me integrate to fully accept, well, Donya came back for a reason and I had to find my why. Why did I come back? I journaled. I'm going to tell you, journaling was the most healing thing I did for myself, for my sanity to stay here, be here. Because in journaling, I started asking more questions. Why am I here? Why did I come back? And after 18 months, I got an answer in the form of a question. And Spirit said to me, Dawn, what do you love to do? I said, I waited 18 months for you to ask me a question to my question. What's going on? And I sat there and I journaled and I listed everything I've loved to do from childhood all the way to today. 
And when I looked at that list, I found a common thread in all of those things was teaching. So I wrote it down and Spirit said, go teach. And that helped me because I now had some direction. I didn't know where to, I didn't know where I belonged anymore, Carol. I left my 72 hour a week corporate gig. I was a hermit. I was empathic, overly sensitive. What am I supposed to do? But I'll tell you, finding a way to express your why, your calling, your passion, that has been a godsend. And the moment I said, okay, I'm going to teach, it just came pouring out of me. I started teaching a little workshop called How to Raise Your Vibration. I literally drove around with a little flip chart long before I even thought of writing. Oh, my goodness. When that first book came, the floodgates opened. I met thousands of people all over the world. It's been fabulous. So what helped me integrate? I found my passion. I found my calling. You find your purpose. Journaling helped me bring me those answers. Ask yourself the questions because all you need is within you. The answers are there. Keep asking yourself and it will come. Trust me. Yes, I love that. And that is great advice. And journaling is a fantastic way of getting to know yourself better and digging deeper within, you know, as is meditation. You're just doing a fabulous job with your life and what you do to help others. The path that you're on teaching others is a path that is one that is desperately needed in this day and age because people do need to have that little bit of a boost. But as you said, at the end of the day, all power is within you. You just have to be able to take the opportunity to tap into it. I had, Samity is that universal consciousness connection. But when I came back, I didn't have language. And I found a Swami and I went to an ashram in Toronto and we had great conversations about spirituality and life. So one thing I want to leave the listeners with is Yes, you can sit with yourself and ask questions, but if you don't even know what to ask, sometimes you need that guidance. I made a conscious decision two years ago to start doing spiritual mentoring because I know what it felt like not to have anyone in my life I could talk to, nobody to relate. And for me to drive down to a city and meet a stranger in an ashram, that was a huge step, but that's what I did. And I felt comfort. I bet. Don't feel you're alone. Don't go it alone. Sometimes you do need a little mentoring. That's all. And I'm sure there's some great ideas in your trilogy of books on raising your vibration. And I look forward to digging into those as well. Is there anything else that you'd like to share before we wrap things up here? The last thing I want to share is sometimes we think life happens to us. And I just want you to know life happens my attitude about being here is I'm a spiritual being on vacation as Don James. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and because I'm on vacation, I live a lot lighter than most because I know there's a home for me somewhere. <laughs> so enjoy the journey. Look at it from a higher vantage point. Life is meant to be lived and loved and enjoyed. Yeah, we can all get there. I truly believe we can all get there. Well, thank you for coming on the show here and sharing your amazing and inspiring story. Where can people connect with you and find out more about your books? And I think you have a discount on an upcoming event that you're doing. 
Yeah, you know I love TV. So everything related to me is on my website, dawnjames.ca. For those of you into spirituality, spiritual awakening, and phenomena, my new book, Unveiled, is coming out March 20th. It will be sold worldwide online, Unveiled. DawnJames.ca is where you'll find my books, my teachings, retreats, spiritual mentoring. I have an offer for those of you who want to explore writing your own life story. I have worked with over 400 writers since 2010, helping them birth their stories through my company, Publish and Promote. So if you're interested, there is a free webinar called How to Write Your Life Story. Just go to publishandpromote.ca and you'll see it under events. I encourage you to consider it because we all are sages and wise keepers. We just need to embrace our story and everyone out there has something to share with the world. You got that right. Absolutely. And I just want to thank you again for being here and just sharing your words of wisdom and, of course, your inspiring story. We'll put all of the information on your books and the offer and your website into our show notes. So I want to thank you again for being here. So all the best to you. Pleasure. And I also want to thank our listeners for being with us today. Thank you so much for tuning your hearts in once again to the Hearts Rise Up podcast. We are here for you and we're ready to keep these podcast episodes going for each and every one of you so that you have something to look forward to each and every time that we publish one. Thank you for being with us and bye for now. We hope today's show helped to bring a bit more joy and happiness into your heart. We hope it inspired you to unleash your inner power and rise up to your best and loving heart-centered highest self. We'd be grateful if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews are important to spreading this valuable message. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and share the show with others. Visit heartsriseup.com for heart-centered courses, guided meditations, and our popular notes from your higher self. Until next time, keep rising up and may all that you love thrive.